Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on with you? Uh, I'm feeling better, man. Uh, feeling some relief. I think this this election, even though it continues to drag on uh, somewhat, uh, it's it it feels like uh, there, some air has been let out of the balloon. You know, I can breathe a little bit easier. Well, yeah, yeah. Our last time we we were we were like they were still counting the votes. Right. The last time we recorded, and then uh, that Saturday. That Saturday, this past Saturday, around eleven o'clock in the morning, all everyone said uh, Biden is the winner, right? And that was a lot of relief for a lot of people, like you. I mean, because the, the tension building up and all that oh, stuff, man. And, the, yeah. and 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 uh, and the hate and the d- division, yes, and uh, all that stuff. Uh, it, it's crazy going nuts. But I, I that Saturday morning, I was on my way to the ring room. Oh, okay. And, and and people, people on my street, my neighbor to the left of me, he. Uh, this is how divided we are. Uh-huh. Still, uh, my neighbor to the left of me, him and his wife came out with some pots and pans, and they were, you know, crashing them together, and they were yelling and screaming, "Enjoy!" They were so happy. Right. They were so happy. But then, like ten seconds later, my neighbor from across the street shot them. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah the, the divisions remain, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, an, an hour after they called it. Yeah. So I have uh, two dead wow. neighbors to the left of me and a neighbor across the street going to jail. Right. So, right. Um, uh, so it's all, it's all working out. Yeah. It all work out in the end yeah. for me because everything right. always works out for me in the end. But sure. yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a uh, historic and, uh, the fight's not over, though. I mean, no, no, the fight's no, not over. No, Trump is is he's he's now uh, uh, dismantling the government. It reminds me of you know at the end of World War II when when Germany knew that all was lost. Uh, you know they could have surrendered and and uh, you know preserved some of the of the nation, but Hitler would have none of it. He was right. he was he was uh, sold on the the Goddardamerung, you know, the the twilight of the gods, you know, the idea that if we can't have victory, we have to burn it all down. Right. And yeah. It, it seems like he's pursuing a similar strategy here. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, just t- I think yesterday or today, he's like, you know, got all his uh, his the, the one the people in the military that love him. He all gave him they all he gave them bigger jobs and stuff. It sounds like he's thinking that, you know, I'm going to get the military and you're not going to be able to get me out of this White House. Oh, um, no. Yeah. You because know, no, that, that won't actually happen. But that may be what his he's attempting to do. Yeah. Who knows, yeah. Man. Or he could be like uh, Mussolini when he was told to leave. And kind of like uh, when George Costanza quit his job, he came back the following Monday and said, oh, I didn't quit. That's what, <laughs> that's what Mussolini did. You know, he stepped down and then came back on Monday morning and said, ah, I never said that. I never said that. And then they hung him, you know. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but, again, everything worked out. Right. Yeah, but, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, my neighbor to the right of me brought out some champagne and we were talking and. And I was, I just said this, you know, uh, Trump, Trump, I, I gotta say he was a real disappointment. He had so much promise. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had high hopes. Yeah, I, you know, but it just it didn't happen. He threw it all away. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's happening is, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin, who plays Trump on SNL, mm-hmm. he's refusing to leave. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> contagious, man. Yeah. But all I have to say to Trump supporters out there is, uh, don't worry, Trump supporters. They saved Hitler's semen. So uh, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. You have some some hope out there. But yeah, I mean, and another thing that happened, I mean, we, we, uh, uh, um, the presidential, but we had a lot of uh, local election stuff going on. Yes. That, uh, I don't know if we covered the last show. Some of it's still undecided are uh, uh, for the district attorney. That's the big one. That's the big one. Yeah, we're going to have a runoff there. Yeah, runoff. And, one is uh, has been indicted on tax problems or whatever right, they call it. Right. And the other one, the other candidate, I, Landrum, I think her name is. Or yes. yes. Yeah. Um, people don't like her. A lot of people don't like her. People I've been talking to. Yeah. They don't like her, so they'd rather have a guy who cheats on his taxes. Maybe. <laughs> you know. You know. Uh, Drda. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, one it's of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Unless they're two evils. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, you it, know oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, just on a side note, uh, someone recently got turned on to the podcast and uh, they contacted me and they had a bunch of, uh, of ideas for guests, which I always welcome. You know, often, oftentimes I've, we'd already had a lot of these suggestions on the show, but one of them that we hadn't had, but I thought it was a novel, a novel idea. And I thought, well, Manny actually has a connection to this guest. And they said, uh, Leon Canazero. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, you know, Manny does have an in. So. I, I, I do. I, I, can, maybe I can reach out. I can reach out. You know? Right, right. I can reach out. The, uh, the former DA, just to explain yeah. to uh, the Trouble right. Nation outside yeah. of Orleans Parish, our former uh, district attorney, uh, who, who, who Manny has a personal relationship with. Yeah. They have a working relationship, yeah. you could say. And he all he he uh, was the incumbent who could have ran for re-election, and he just decided not to. So right, you know, it's always that I want to get back to my family and stuff. That's always the excuse. Yeah, yeah I don't think he has a family though. Oh really? <laughs> I think he's oh. uh, I think he's just a single dude. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he's yeah. going to get back to. But uh, I, maybe we can have him on the show and explore his uh. Fl- well, I did plans. Bump in, I did bump into Judge Marullo last oh, okay. Saturday. And okay. I said, hey, judge. And he just stared at me. Right. So, <laughs> so the usual. <laughs> yeah, kind of the usual from him. Right, so. right. Well, Manny, I, I have to, I, I have to uh, offer my condolences. Uh, you know, this is a terrible, terrible loss this week. I know he's a, he's a giant in your eyes and, and oh, in all yeah, of our eyes. Yeah. Is we lost the, the great Alex Trebek. Yeah. Alex was my man. Right, I know. And uh, it was sad to see him go. But the, the, the crazy thing is this guy had that cancer, and apparently he kept working all the way through October. Right. And he just died like four or five days ago. Right, and they said he, he taped shows up until like a, a week and a half or something before, before he passed away, like right, right to the very end. His last show that he taped was October 29th, Okay. But well, he, had yeah. taped, he had taped so many shows uh, that the, the, there'll be new shows running all the way through Christmas. Wow. So it's wow. the weirdest thing. Like I watched it tonight 
and he's you know he's doing his job, but he's dead. Right from from in time, he's coming through time to yeah. uh, to to you reach know, out to you. So he lives he lives forever, I guess. I don't yes, know. It's yes. really strange. But yeah, it, it, now the thing is, is now everyone's like, who's going to replace him? Who's going to replace him? Right. I was wondering that. Also, I was wondering more, more, um, uh, pre, you know, more immediately is, are they going to bury Pat Sajak with him out of respect? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they used to do that in the in the Egyptian times, right? You know. Oh really? Well, yeah, maybe, you know. maybe you know what they could do? They could bury Pat and Alex, and then when Vanna dies, she can go down there and they'll have a three way. You know. Okay. <laughs> you know, she can turn she can turn those vowels or whatever they call it. I don't know. Okay, right, you right, know. right, right, right. By a vowel. By a vowel. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it was sad news and uh you know, they there's speculation on who's going to be the new guy or the new gal. Right. Um, Do you think he might have chosen someone? Uh I think know? he did give some uh hints the last month or so. Okay. When they kept having, uh, you know, that guy who's the ultimate Jeopardy champion, Ken Jennings, right? Who won like two hundred shows in a row or something like that, mm-hmm. won over fifty billion dollars. He kept showing up as a guest, like videotape guest, uh, asking questions, you know, video questions. And about a month ago, Alex, you know, they said, "Thank you, Ken Jennings, for your help, and I can see you maybe in in my job one day." Uh, so there was a little bit of that. Okay. And the other speculation is uh, Betty White. People have been talking about Betty White. <laughs> She's got a lot of tread left on the yeah. tire, you know. <laughs> yeah. But she would be good, you know. She would be pretty good. So. Well, yeah, but that's that's a stopgap measure at best, you know. Right. Yeah. And how um, how long can uh, poor Betty hold on? I mean, she, I know she's doing great, you know. Not not. Uh, not wishing her any ill, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what kind of uh, what kind of timeline we have there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of us, you know, we're all getting older and, uh, it's true, man. The timeline is shorter for, for, yeah, for a lot of us. So if Betty wants to host a few shows, I'd let her. Okay. You know, right it's, on. It's she is like, beloved, much beloved. Yes. It's like, uh, my impersonation of a 60 year old man having sex with a 19 year old. You want to hear it? Sure. You're 19. You're 19. You're 19. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uncanny. Yeah. Steely <laughs> Dan. Um, but anyway, so anything else going on in your world? Because uh, COVID is going crazy. Yes, yes, it's going crazy. Well, you know, I, I did see that there was a, the, they had news of the vaccine, possible vaccine, uh, you know, clearing some hurdle. And then so everybody got all excited, you know, like it's going to be right around the corner. Well, yeah. then. Of course it's not. But uh, then I, I saw a newspaper article today and they were talking about that vaccine and how well when one finally does become available, they'll rely on state and local governments to distribute it. And I thought, oh, really? Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? <laughs> so the state of Louisiana, the city of New Orleans will be responsible for, for uh, so the, the same uh, government agencies that can't uh, fix the streets or, right. uh, yeah. or, you know, uh, educate children or, uh, you know, repair the wetlands or, or get the hard rock hotel taken down after a year and a half of, uh, sitting there. That's, that's, who's going to have to, uh, handle all these delicate vaccines that need to be kept a uh, hundred at minus a hundred degrees Fahrenheit to, uh, right that's, now. That's going to yeah. work out great. Well, any, I heard something this morning that even if it does happen, we're we're not going to see any vaccine here until probably like March or June or something like that. 
I mean, we got a long ways to wait. Oh, and March we, or June. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I don't see that happening. Jesus. You know, uh, but it's crazy. They're reopening the city as the more positive tests go up, you know. Right, bar, right. Phase 3.3 now. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy, you know. Um, I work at the big campus, and your son goes to the big campus here. Right. Uh, they had, last week, they had the highest po- uh, positive test uh, since uh Early, uh, late August, more positive tests on campus last week since right. late August. So right. kids, it's becoming a ghost town. Kids are leaving. They're just taking off. They're like, oh, really? They're just, I'll just do this from home. See you later. Bye. No I'm kidding. Still, really? You oh, can yeah. see that. You can see the decrease in. Oh yeah. In the past, traffic. I'd say in the past 72 hours, I've had hundreds of kids, uh, because, you know, kids rent books. It's, that's a big thing. You rent your textbooks now. It saves you a lot of money. Okay. So they've, the past 72 hours, I've had hundreds of kids come and, and just return their rental books saying, we're out of here. See ya. I'm leaving tomorrow, so I want to return my rental. Wow. So okay. They're leaving. And, and they started since last Friday, or actually a week, yeah, last Monday, they've been testing kids two to three times a week. Three times a week. Yes, my my son said that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday testing for him. Yeah, and because it's it's out of control, right? And and so uh, it's it's crazy. So I, I you know they had that spike from Halloween, and uh, yeah. I guess that's it. I guess that's what 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 it is. You know, people are he's he's my son said on campus everything seems very well managed. You know, no, he doesn't think any anybody's getting sick from being on campus, but it's all stuff people making bad decisions, you know, off campus parties. Well, yeah, that. well, you can't police a kid off no, campus, no, sure, especially when so. they live off campus and stuff right, like that. Right. And, you know, the police, you know, the TUPD is, you know, is Keystone Cops, you know. Sure, as, sure. As the, NO, as the NOPD is. Right, um, right. So, yeah, it's it's sad, and 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 I, I, you know, for me, I'm okay with it because my job becomes easier and easier. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> you know, so if everybody I, left, you'd have a lot of free time. You know, yeah. So that's it's all good. Okay, well, all right. Well, it's a silver lining for Manny Chevrolet once again. Well, you know, it's always about me. Really. Right. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. No, but <laughs> well, except for now, because uh, we have our guest here. He's been so patient with us. Yeah, I hear him. I've been, I've been, it's been riveting. Yeah, well, I was hoping we were going to say something that would be so compelling you'd want to jump in and participate, but... Uh, no, that uh, that the old man fucking the 19-year-old, that... <laughs> that got you? <laughs> it, was, it was so true to life. <laughs> yes. I did yeah, have to chime in there. Man, you really... I nailed it, right? I nailed it for you, right? You have a talent. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been told. I've yeah, I've been told that over the years. I, I uh, if I've used it or not, I don't know. No, right. it's a wasted yeah. talent. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's and you know, listen. I mean, you guys were talking about Jeopardy. You know, I mean, who the obvious choice for a successor to Alex Trebek is Manny Chevrolet. I okay. Well, um, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't. I, mean, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. Oh. And I don't watch a lot of things. In fact, I don't right. watch anything. Um, no, I could do that. Yeah, I you could I, do that. Yeah, I, I've I've always thought about being a contestant too. You know, um, and also on Wheel of Fortune. I'd love to be on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. You know? he, he's right. You know, if you run the game, you can't lose. 
Right, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. You're always going to be back tomorrow. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here tomorrow, yeah. Uh, that's what my drug dealer used to say. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be here. You'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, so is he. He's there every yeah, day. And he doesn't have to right. move. And, and Alex's is, is, is famous words were, I'm on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the way. Uh, anyway, Renee, let's introduce this cat because he's yes. exciting to me. Yes, yes, he's, yes. Uh, he's a guy who uh, I've known for a while. Go ahead. Do your, do yes. your yes, he's an old friend of ours. Uh, he's a... Uh, He's known as a, a full-service, one-stop shop musician, guitar player, songwriter, singer, band leader, record maker. Uh, he's he's been in so many bands. He's currently in the Ten Men, uh, Alex McMurray Band, Kings of the Small Time, Valparaiso Men's Chorus, on and on and on. The Wright Brothers. Uh, so, without further ado, um, you may know him as Mr. Tuesday Night, but we're going to call him Alex McMurray. Welcome, Alex. Hey. How you doing, Renee? And good, Manny? man. Good. Well, good. So great to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you for finally coming on the show. You're one of those guests that I've been pestering for a really long time, and I'm not sure if you you thought, man, I don't want to be involved in that early on, and we just kind of won you over with persistence, or uh, or. Well, I've got contractual, is. you know, obligations, obligations. and conflicts, and uh-huh. you know, I mean, I represent so many products and nations and right know, that it's, right. it's hard for me to just make time you know to you know what is what is the troubled man podcast what does that mean to nike or tanzania <laughs> okay sure i i know you do have a lot of corporate interest that you i mean it's, it's a lot to juggle and, and you know and i you know and i'm i'm my, i'm my own lawyer you know which, right so which, it's it's so you it's have a fool bewi- for a client yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. bewildering Sure, sure. Um, well, well, we 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 are thrilled to finally have you here. You know, as am I have- thrilled to be here. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of people when we started this said you've got to get Alex McMurray, and I said why? But uh, <laughs> yeah, <That's- laughs> but, but we persisted, and you're on the show, and uh, we're we're happy to have you. And I just want to know how's uh, how's fatherhood going for you? How's your son? Your son? How old is my he? son? Is is he's six and a half, six and three wow. quarters, or actually six and two thirds? Wow. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, as okay. of that's my penis size, right? <laughs> six <laughs> and two thirds. Yeah. That's I think your penis is hat size. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so he's doing good. So he's great. Uh, he's great. He's and the he's, whole he's right here. Oh, is he? No, he's he's. I'm in his room though. Okay, the whole pandemic has stopped his education, or what? How's that going for us? No, it began his education. Okay, you know, he's finally got finally got him out of these terrible schools, you know, and now we can teach out him out on the streets. Got him into no, the pool halls. He's got- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the real the real education yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, well, you know, we enlisted him in the Indonesian Navy. Okay, because they'll take him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He child fits soldier, in, child yeah. Sa- sailor. They, That's not a child soldier. Child sailor. They got a uniform <laughs> just his size. Okay, he's probably the only one who knows how to swim. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, or tie a knot. You know. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's doing great. He's his. He's actually in school. Like he goes to school. Great. He goes to a, a great school in the French Quarter called the Homer Plessy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, school. yeah. Wonderful in the old McDonough Fifteen, I believe. Okay. Uh, famous alumni include, of course, did you, you didn't go there, Renee. You no, went, no, I did not. Uh, Davis Rogan went there okay. as well as uh, 
Richard Simmons, okay. and Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> All right, a real trifecta there. Yeah, so three, three people to be really proud of. <laughs> feeling good about it. Yeah. Feeling good. <laughs> so this is before it was co-ed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Well, good. I'm glad. And the wife is good. Everyone's oh, good. Yeah, she's, she's a, you know, she teaches at NOCA, and uh, that's online. Okay, and, well, uh, good. And so, yeah, she's, well, you know, the online teaching, I think, is harder on the teacher than 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 it could be on any student. The student kind of doesn't even have to show their face. Right. Uh, the, the teacher has to sit there and be, you know, present on the screen. So, and that's, that's actually, you know, to sit in front of a screen and actually not be able to get up. Right. That's, and, that's and, something. And try to engage all those children, you know, and when you can't really yeah. see them and you can't read their faces. And right. yeah, no, it's a lot of the skills that teachers develop for the classroom are not applicable over there. Sure. Sure. And she, and she's actually interested in these, in these people, you know, sure. And she loves them, you know, she <laughs> right. loves, she's interested in their, what their, their art is and all this. And so when she doesn't feel like she's being as effective as she can be, or she could be, it's very frustrating, you know, but sure. you know, um, but still it's, they're making it work, you know? Well, you got it. You have to make yeah. it work, you know? Uh, so let's get down to you. You, Mr. McMurray. Let's talk about me. You're yes. from New, you're from New Jersey, right? That's correct. And what Hoboken or Orange? No, where you, no, 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 no. Where, where no, no not up there. I, I'm from Monmouth County. You're familiar uh, with it. There's tw- there's was there 21 counties in New Jersey, as everybody knows, and mm-hmm. Monmouth is right in the middle of the bunch. Okay. Uh, I live in. I guess New Jersey is best described as like two giant suburbs, one of which is New York and the other is Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. And that's, well, I mean, like actually, you know, you drive 20 miles outside of either one of those cities and it's just farms. Yes. There's, and in fact, in the middle of New Jersey, not a lot of people know this except for people from New Jersey, there's like a 35 mile band where there's nothing because that you can't commute to Philadelphia or New York. So there's not even any towns. There's just forest and woods and like and dead bodies, dead bodies. <laughs> and there's this, there's an interstate. There's I one ninety five goes from uh, Belmar to Trenton and that's it. You know, and you can, you, there's this highway and you, they, and you can't get out of your car because they tell you that all the plants have been treated with a noxious spray. Uh, and there's nowhere to, you can't even, there's no like rest areas. There's no gas stations. There's nothing. Huh. And you're, you're, you're encouraged to not get out of your car. What are they trying to hide there, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> question. This is one of the great questions about New Jersey, you know, the unanswered questions. Have you ever pulled over though and just tried to take a leak? And I never got out of my car on 195. Yeah. No. Never. Okay. I don't know anybody who ever has. <laughs> and live to tell about it. No, it's just, uh, you just don't do it. Right. Okay. Well. <laughs> It's you just, under, do it. you just don't do it. I, I get it. I get it totally. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you don't, uh, you know, if you, I mean, you get out, it's either Belmar or Trenton. If you get out and, you know, in Imlay's town, forget it. You're dead. <laughs> good times. Good times. Yeah. So Alex, so what, so you came to, you came here for school, right? That's how yeah, you, yeah. yeah. I, uh, so you were a good student and got I was. it. You were a very good student. I was a good student. Uh, and, and you were musically inclined even before you came down here? I, 
Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I liked music and I practiced the guitar, and I was interested in music, uh, but it was never, it never entered my mind that you could make a do it for a living. You know, in New Jersey, you're either in a wedding band or you're John Bon Jovi. Right. You know, there's no middle ground. So when you were a teenager in New Jersey, who did you listen to? Oh, Van Halen, you know, Led Zeppelin, whatever the stuff was on the radio. You know, there wasn't, I didn't have a lot of exposure to like good music. Um, You know, I didn't have a lot of people. Did you ever get into punk rock? Yeah, but you could actually go to punk shows. There weren't a lot of them, you know. And who did you, I mean, sure, did you ever go to New York and like see? Uh, I went to, I mean, you can get on the train. I mean, the the only band I ever saw in New York was the Ramones. Okay. Who I saw a bunch of times. I I loved going to see, you could go see them in Trenton at a place called City Gardens. Oh, nice. um, uh, Which was like the punk place. And I mean, I saw Fishbone there. Oh, okay. Um, There was, yeah, there was, there was all ages stuff in New Jersey, but you had to get a ride there. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I just wasn't. And you didn't so, want to go down that highway. I didn't have a, no, I didn't have a, you know, right, my, right, right, right. it was, yeah, I didn't, I, you know, there wasn't like, there was, there wasn't like, there wasn't like a big scene in, in Monmouth, you know, in Red yeah. Bank and, and Asbury Park had like that whole Bruce Springsteen thing. And that was probably the closest was there a radio station that you can listen to? Yeah, there was WHTG was the local like alternative station. Cool. And they played stuff like Talking Heads and, you know, uh, well, that's good. Uh, you know, yeah. the Smiths and stuff, you know. Um, right. And that's what you that's what I listened to after. So what was the big university near where you live? What's the big university there? There's Rutgers. Okay, you got Rutgers. Okay. Uh, and then there's Monmouth College is nearby. Now it's Monmouth University. But there's not really a, you know, Monmouth University. I don't know if it's, I, you never really saw any kids hanging around that were like, we're going to Monmouth College. You know, I don't know what, what that whole universe is like. But Rutgers is pretty big. But that's up in uh, New Brunswick. All right. All right, so fast forward. You're in New Orleans. You're going to school. You get a girl pregnant. What happened? Yeah, and then you know her father leaned on me a little bit, and then I was next thing I was running a deli. You know? <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Well, can we just to go back, Alex? How did you start playing guitar in the first place? What possessed you to to start playing music? Uh, I, I the, my friend across the street, his name was Buddy Fitzgerald, and he had a bass, and he, uh, him and his buddies were getting together to jam, and I guess I was in the eighth grade. And I, at this point, I was kind of like playing a broom in the mirror, you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, what if I had an actual, because he had an actual bass, like an electric, a Fender Squire bass. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, I was like, what if I had like a guitar that, so I could play, when I looked at myself, you know, in the mirror, <laughs> play, you know, to whatever what was on night flight. Uh-huh. Uh, so like my cousin had a guitar, you know, and he wanted 30 bucks for it. So my mom said that if I got good grades, you know, I could get this guitar. So I did for the first time in my life, get like, you know, pass some shit. And my mom took me down to Monmouth beach and we bought the guitar and it came with a book, a Mel Bay one book. Okay. Which Renee will know about. Oh yeah. And, um, 
And without even really thinking about it, I kind of taught myself how to play. I'm like, it taught you how to tune it. Right. And it had like the first page was like three notes on the E string, you know? And, but I was like, oh, fuck all this shit. I liked this in the back. They had all these chord diagrams. Uh huh. So like, that was much, kind of more fun to just, instead of like counting one, two, three rest, whatever, just play this chord. And so I kind of taught myself, uh, you know, and this is like in the eighth grade, you know, so I, I taught myself, uh, okay. just by osmosis really. Right. So then you could go jam with those guys and the girls would come by and make eyes at y'all. And, uh, no, never any girls. Oh, okay. Never guys once. Guys would come by and make eyes at guys y'all. Guys <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Whatever, um, man. Sure. That's cool. <laughs> no, it was just, it was, it was really fun. I remember, I mean, the first time we ever played, uh, you know, the Led Zeppelin song rock and roll, like right. from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> what a sense of accomplishment. It was like, I came home <laughs> and my, like I was on, I was flying, you know, and, and like, but the guys that I was playing with, they were all smoking tie stick. Uh-huh. Right. I was in the eighth grade. I was like, I didn't, I was terrified of drugs. Yeah. And so, but I, so I came home and like, of course all my buddies were, were high, but like I, you know, I, I get dropped off and I'm just like over the moon talking about how great this, jam session was and my father said alex you're really high <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that. and i said and i said no dad he's like he's like i'm like i'm not a, i'm not in anything he said no 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 that's not what i mean you know he was kind of he was pleased to see it oh okay you know? you are he was high on life. he's like oh look at my son he's excited about something you know nice so that was that kind of the spark that uh got lit there and, and you thought oh wow this this really uh, speaks to me. And that was kind of the, the beginning of this whole journey you've been on, huh? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, I just was interested in it, you right. know? And, and so I, and I went and I got some lessons and I had some books and I, you know, just, I, I took my guitar apart and, you know, I got another guitar kind of was got into Eddie Van Halen and built like this Frankenstein guitar. Uh huh. And I, you know, just got into stuff like teenage stuff, like, right, right. You know, beats, like I took it, drugs, I, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I got into drugs, you know? Sure. Sure. Well, but, but like, it's, yeah, but, but first things a, first. Yeah. Not in a big way, you know, just right in a normal teenage. Way. Right. Right. Healthy way. Yeah. yeah. yeah healthy. So when your dad way. said you were high, you said, yes. <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I said, no, dad, no. Cause I only meant one thing. <laughs> right. 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 All right, so you're, you're you're here as a student at the well, big. So how, sorry, yeah. man, just to, to fill in this one last bit. Why uh, Tulane? Oh yeah, well because this is actually this is funny. I never ever thought about going to Tulane. It's just that my cousin had applied there, and it was a, I'd heard so so I'd heard of the school, and in the Barron's catalog, it looked like it was in the echelon of schools that I could maybe get in. Huh, so I just okay. applied there because I think there was like, it was on a common application or something. Right. And so what happened is I got into most of the schools that I applied to, but only Tulane gave me financial aid. Okay. It was cheaper for me to go to Tulane than to go to Rutgers by wow. a lot of money, by wow. a lot of money. And my dad was, he was like presented with this situation like this fait accompli, he called it. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, he's like, well, I guess you're going to fucking Louisiana. You yeah. know? And I was like, nobody was more shocked than I. And I was like stunned. I'm like, are you going around the high school? Like, hey, so where are you going to go to school? And I'm like, 
I'm just I'm like bewildered. Like Louisiana, they're like, they're like you're what really? Where are you going to Tulane? Because they always called it Tulane up there because they don't know how to say it. Uh-huh. Tulane, you're going to Tulane? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to Tulane. And they're all going to you know some northeast school or you know UCLA or you know. So um, yeah, so I ended up at, at Tulane and fucking hated it, and I hated the town, hated the school, and I really oh I hated it, hated it, <laughs> and then I, and I tried to apply as a freshman to transfer to Reed College in Oregon where I really wanted to go, huh? And got waitlisted again because they they accepted me the first time, but after if you're on the waitlist, all the money's gone. Yeah. So didn't fall in love with New Orleans, didn't immediately fall under the voodoo spell of, of the no, Crescent City? <laughs> I did not. Welcome, did not. To the, welcome to the club, Alex. <laughs> no, but I, I did actually. What, what it finally made sense is like me and this guy took mescaline and went and saw the Neville brothers. Uh, in like, It was like August, late August of 1988. And I'd never seen the Neville brothers. I'd never mm-hmm. even really heard of them. And Marva Wright opened up, and I just—I swear to God, like the whole is like the heavens opened up, and uh, we, you know, of course, we walked home and just talking like jib- jabbering like fools, and and that was probably the moment that turned me. And okay. then you got mugged. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we mugged somebody. <laughs> we stole their shoes. After all, yeah, yeah, right. We, we, st- we were so high, we like stole their shoes and like gave them all our money, and they were just confused as hell. Okay, right on. So back in Tulane, uh, 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 our one of our former guests, Chris Lee, talks about being uh, in the dorm and remembering you, and like he played in a whole bunch of bands, and then you were the other guy who played. Yeah, in a whole he bunch had of bands. A, he had a band called Critical Dump. <laughs> yes, and I they had a that. they had a logo and everything, like a C and a D, <laughs> a circular like a half circle C, and then like a half circle D. He had flyers. I used to cover up his flyers with my flyers. Yeah, so he said he was playing in a bunch of the rock bands, and you were playing in all the like the funk and kind of R and B bands. We were trying. We were yeah. We thought that we were going to try to get people to dance. Uh huh. Right. Wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever danced to a song I wrote like ever once. Yeah. Well, at some point early on in in there, you you start playing with uh, Michael Ward and Reward. Yeah. Now, how did that happen? Uh, because I think because, because the Klezmer band had started meeting some people, Willie Green played with the Klezmer band for a long time. Right. So you were and, already playing with those guys or you just knew through Jonathan and you, uh, well, I knew Glenn cause Glenn was right. in my college band. Okay. And then right. around the time I graduated, he started cause he had an accordion. Glenn Hartman, former Glenn Hartman. Uh, Trouble Man yeah. podcast guest and, uh, Jonathan Fralick also, these are all yeah. very inside baseball here. Right. So yeah. So so those guys, uh, Ben Schenk and uh, and Arthur Kassler on uh, bass and right, uh, Ben right. Elman from the Galactic Band. Yes. Uh, they were the um, New Orleans Klezmer All Stars, and they had Willie Green, the drummer from the Neville Brothers, in the band for many years. And uh, so Jonathan and Glenn were playing in Ward's band. Okay. You know, for a minute because, you know, Ward went through a lot of personnel. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening. Um, but uh, Michael Ward, for those that don't know, he was a, was a great uh, conga player, percussionist, student of uh, Uganda Roberts. Um, maybe he's, you know, one of his top protégés. And uh, 
Very cool I was, guy. I was in that band for two and a half years. Nice. That must have yeah. been a real training ground for New totally. Orleans. Totally. Uh, totally. That was great. That was like the greatest, the, one of the greatest things that, I mean, the other one was like playing, like I, from that gig, I got Bourbon Street playing with these old guys. Huh, doing okay. Like R&B. Like, it, like back before it became a rock and roll street, It's it was all like Bill Withers tunes and shit like that in Motown. Right. Horn bands. You mm-hmm. remember, Renee? Sure, and, sure. And so I was like the sub guitar player in a band on at the fa- at the not the famous tour at the uh, the opera house. Okay. And so I worked more than anybody because like nobody the other two guitar the real the two guitar players they did every shift but they didn't feel like working so they would call me every day like do you want to do my shift and so I learned billion tunes. Yeah, talk know. about training ground, man. Yeah. Just just putting in the the repetitions, you know, and and yeah. learn all that material you wouldn't learn for any other reason. Exactly. You know, but- so, well, Alex, what was your major in college? I was a double major, uh, English and philosophy. Okay. With a minor in history. So, all right, the humanities. So dishwashing and drying. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. I was gonna say <laughs> that's what you I were prepared gonna, for. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's going to really help you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dishwasher, drying, and maybe busing. Uh, yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It'll work well, your way up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's romantic at least, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I did. I was at was my first job, actual job, getting out of school was washing dishes at the Billabong Bakery. Do you remember the Billabong Bakery, Renee? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Guy, what was that guy's name? Uh, Fabian. Wow. Yeah. I, I, Fabian yeah, and I, his I, wife. I couldn't, I couldn't his wife was that. his wife's dad was a that that the the, uh, the judge Shay. Oh, okay. There was a All judge right. named Shay, and she right. was the the daughter of this judge. Okay. She was married to a guy named Fabian. Yeah, so and, you, uh, you're right. That's real close to uh, Tulane's campus there. Yeah, right? it was on a few, Calhoun. Few blocks from, yeah, Cal. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, man. Well, Manny, speaking of dishes, I'm looking at my glass. And, yeah, uh, and it's empty probably, right? It's getting pretty empty. Yeah, I think it's that time too for me. Yep. So, Alex, we'll take a break. We're going to uh, get another libation, and uh, the nation knows what to do because they know this part of the show. They all go get another libation, and you can do one too. Uh, so we'll be right back in a, in a second or two. It's the same thing every time You get your chicken and your wine And you pay the man in dimes From off the floor Something strange And then he smiles And slips the change Into his drawer Cause everybody knows That everybody goes Goes to Hanks Goes to Hanks I see the light See the light is on, don't you? And 
that we might have to abort this crazy scheme. These are strange days indeed. You'd better pack just what you need. This ain't no dream. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Alex McMurray. Now, Alex, I'm not sure if you've heard about this terrific product that we've been uh, affiliated with for the, for the past few months, but uh, it's uh, Manny's going to tell you all about it. It's called heroin. No, sweeping <laughs> <laughs> the nation. Sweeping <laughs> the nation. No, Alex, uh, you're a hip guy. I, I hear it's very popular with the kids. Yeah, yeah <laughs> with the kids. Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to talk, talk about something, Alex, about this Velo Bar. It's called the Velo Bar, Alex. Velo Bar. Spell that for me, Manny. V-E-L-O Bar. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a – what it is, basically, it's a CBD bar. It's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. It's, it's uh, to, to help take the uh, – it's a healthy protein bar that fills you up and calms you down, Alex. Yes. I, I need you, both of those things. You need, to be, yeah, no, <laughs> you need to be filled up and calmed down. you got a little six-year-old who's probably driving you crazy every once in a while. I mean, like, it's, I'm, uh, it's very physical, as you know, and, yes. I need to be, and I need some consoling. Yeah, yes. you know, and you probably have a wife, like I have a wife who just lays in bed all day saying, help me with the jewelry. Yeah, that's the two guys. Uh, it's, anyway. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's a plant-based protein bar made from superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. It's a, it's a great Hemp's have heart? Yes. Hemp's have heart. Yes, they do. Everyone has a heart, Alex, if you just dig deep enough. I didn't right. know the hemp's had that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The hams, uh, yeah. It's a stress relief breakfast bar. It tastes fucking great. It's great after a workout. It's great after like doing yard work in your backyard. And you know what, Alex? You know what, what right now, Alex? What? The Velo what? Bar. If the if you go to there's their uh, Velo Bar CB uh, Velo Bar CBD dot com website and order their two delicious flavors of peanut butter and dark chocolate, you can get fifteen percent off your order and free shipping. Yes. Free shipping. Free shipping, huh? Can't yeah, beat free it. shipping. You can't beat it. And the na- we've talked about this for months now. The nation knows all about the Velo Bar, but do you know about it, Alex? You do now. I do okay. now, huh? Yes, you do. So check it out. Go to their website. Uh, I just reordered some because it, uh, the holidays are coming up, and I, I need as much stress relief as possible because the holidays are coming up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You say that's VeloBarCBD.com, huh? Man. Yeah. Yes, but but that's not all. So did, you mentioned the the uh, the the discount code, did you? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh, oh no, I didn't. The discount code to get fifteen percent off is Troubled Men One Five. Yes. Troubled Men One Five will get you that fifty percent off and free shipping. And you know, we had the CEO of the company on the show a few months back, right. and uh, I, I hate to say this, but uh, he's in a coma right now. Oh, yeah, that didn't go well. It didn't go well. You know, the, the sex change didn't go well for him. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that's about it. And uh, Renee, you got anything else to talk about? 
Um, well, you know, just uh, to remind the nation that, as always, they can support the podcast directly by jumping on that PayPal link in the show notes or on the Facebook page. And, uh, you know, we still have those Troubled Men podcast T-shirts going out. It's, it is the gift-giving season. Uh, you know, you uh, don't rely on the, the post office to rush it out to you, so get out way ahead of it, you know, if you have a... a uh, so troubled men or women in your you, life, you might want to. Did you say that people are posting photos of themselves wearing the shirt? Yes, yes, we have. Uh, where do I see that? Where can uh, I see that? Well, there there have been a couple on the uh, on the Facebook page that I posted. There have been a couple on the on our Instagram page, troubled men uh, Instagram page that uh, I've posted. Yeah, and, I got. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see those. That's cool. Yeah, That's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how to do that, but I'll I'll check it. I'll have my yeah, wife yeah, yeah. help me find it. There out. you go. There you go. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that that's about it. Uh, yeah. You know, so uh, back to our guest now, uh, Alex. Um, you know, you've you've I mentioned a lot of these bands that you have played in. A lot of them you're still currently playing in. But I wanted to jump right to the the to your solo output because. Alex has released two full records of original material this year. <laughs> so just in 2020, he put out uh, the, the lucky one. And then, uh, and then most recently uh, is a new record road songs, which our former guest, John Swenson uh, reviewed in uh, reviewed the record and uh, compared it favorably to Dylan's Blood on the Tracks and Joni Mitchell's Blue. And uh, uh, just, in, in, I listened to the record today. I was telling Alex, beautiful record, uh, you know, incredible job, Alex. I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, you know, it's uh, American pharmacology has really reached its apogee, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> um, no, I, well, those, I actually, for, the, the, yeah, well, it just as it just as it turns out, uh, you know, twenty twenty was supposed to be my year. You know, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be my year. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like it. I was the 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 wheel was coming. I was coming back up to the top of the wheel. You know, it's like okay, Renee, just don't fuck this up with your smart mouth. You know, yeah, try, right. Try right. to just think those smart mouth thoughts to yourself and not say them. And, yeah, just and ride was, the wave. I was managing to do it, and then, well, you know, it goes to show you. Smile and nod for once. It wasn't all my uh, under my control, you know. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So, like, I both of those records were started in 2018. Okay. And um, like the one record, the, the the record with Nappy, Lucky One, um, I started, and then like Nappy went on vacation with his family that summer. So I was sitting at Marquis with my friend Mike, Mike. Napolitano. Mike Napolitano, yeah. Right, right. Who's a wonderful engineer. Yes. At the studio in the Marini. And uh, so I had a couple months just without, you know, anything to do. And me and my friend Mike Meal were sitting at Marquis. And he's an engineer, has a studio. Used to have a studio in my house, in the apartment in my house. Right, yes, yes, really. I, yeah, that I that did, you worked I at, Mike. right, Renee? Yes, yes. You yeah, did Needle in a Haystack there? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Mike's a great guy, man. Great guy. He's like one of my, my best friends from- Didn't you, you know, have one of the houses at the truck farm? Is that no, what you're talking about? We didn't. That's, those were all owned by Treffinger and the, that crab. 
Oh, okay. But we lived there. Yeah, that's years. what I'm saying. You lived there, yeah. We lived there for eight years until, right, until uh, 2014. Anyway, the, the, the long story short is that those two records were done at the same time. I almost thought about putting them out on the same day hmm. because what's the stupidest thing you can do is put out two records at once, especially given, you know, this, in this cultural um, uh, atmosphere. Okay. Not so that it's you, unprecedented. A lot of people have done it actually. But you but, thought you, you, you wanted to be cheeky about it. You thought, well, if this is the, the yeah, the, right. The like I haven't put out a record do, since I have to do it. <laughs> Since like 2012 or something like that, I can't remember. It was like, let's well, so all just put out two on the same day. Okay. But it's just like, anyway, I just, you know, one record, they're both very different, you know. Right. Well, and these records, you've been, uh, you, you, you know, you're constantly writing. You're a very prolific writer. And, but instead of like collecting a whole bunch of songs and recording them all at once, at least with, with on a few tracks that I've been involved in, you kind of do it piecemeal. You'll do, you know, you have a new song, you, you get, you, you kind of cast the song based on who you think would be a good band or a good group of people that you're going to put a band together. And then you go in, you do that one song and yeah, they're, they're there's one also, I did a lot of singles in the last right. ten, five years or so, put them out one at a time, which I think is a great way to, that's a wonderful way to work. I think because you only think about the one song, and you just, you know, you just, you can even do it in a day, you know, and you just get really jacked about this one song and then it's gone. Right. Rather you than put like all this up on Bandcamp, and you must be, you must be, uh, you know, you're kind of a cottage industry, Alex. You're very, you're doing this in a, a very uh, concentrated way. I, I admire you for it, you know, but you, you must be making a go of it in that, you, you know, you're not making these recordings in your bedroom. You're going into real studios. Oh, no, and no. In fact, well, I learned, I learned when, when the Tin Men got started, this is, I owe all this to Washboard Chaz. Okay. And I'm, a, a, and I owe, like, I owe a lot of my whole life to Washboard Chaz and Kelly Keller. Yes. Washboard Chaz Keller. said when we got, somebody was going to stake the Tin Men to our first recording. And so we booked a studio and we made the record. And then Chaz is like, okay, we're going to pay this guy back, take every dime and pay the guy back. And then every dime we make off these record, off this record is going to go in the bank. And we're like, oh, why? He's like, because most schmucks, they make a record. Then the second record is a live record because they don't have any money. So we're not going to be like these schmucks. We're going to have a budget. And it just, because, so like the money comes in and just little dribs and drabs. It all goes in the bank, and then when you want to work again, you got a budget. Okay. So I, I've always used that philosophy. Every dime I make from records goes into an account, so I'm able to finance Recording these, fund. these okay. stupid <laughs> ideas. <laughs> no, well, it's great. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, and and here you are producing all this content and all this. Not I hate to even call it content. Producing all this art, man. You know. Well, it's it's, uh, yeah, it's like I feel very. It's very liberating. I feel it's it's you know I can I can book a studio. I can. Have you ever released a live record? No. Would you call it live at Budokan if you did? <laughs> it's a good title. It's it's a it's a, it's a great title. You know, I think that's the greatest uh, album title ever. I want you to want <laughs> me. But listen, you mentioned Kelly Keller. Yes, and 
we both lived above the circle bar for a while. Yes. Yes. And I think we lived there at the same time for a while. Uh, I know that I, when I was up there subletting from Sedley, yeah. I was on the third floor. And yeah, I was on and the whole sap was across the hall. Yeah, I took over whole sapples place. And uh, it was a it was a fucking mess. Let me tell you, that guy is a fucking slob. <laughs> yeah, we should have we should have him on the show. Actually, uh, he he turned us down, man. I approached him. <laughs> oh, did he really? He turned yes. us down. He turned us down. <laughs> was it because of you or me? <laughs> he, he didn't go into detail. He just he said he said uh, thank you for asking. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, I'm not done with him yet. <laughs> He'll be on this show before it's over. Don't worry. <laughs> well, why don't you get Carlo to call him? He can influence him. Carlo's yeah, the great know. negotiator. Um, yeah. <laughs> but those times I saw you, because that's where I met you at the Circle Boy. That's where sure. I got to know you. And those were great gigs. And you were with a band called Royal Finger Bowl. Yes. yes. But yeah. we didn't play there. I. I thought i saw you play there once at least we might have played there once or twice but what what i i played there solo on wednesday Mm -hmm. nights yeah you had a wednesday night or wednesday night yeah wednesday night was your night and that was kelly's idea that was kelly's idea yeah uh and it's sad now i mean i'm sure you know the news we've talked about it a few weeks ago um it's that place is gone it's it's yeah well i'm happy for dave uh, yeah, happy that he's he's getting out from under this uh, the burden I, I, of all this the, you know this yeah. uh, I mean, rent that he was yeah couldn't know. have been a better outcome for Dave yeah <laughs> really I mean given the whole situation and you know I mean goddamn right yeah it was horrible you know I mean we're all gonna miss the circle bar but I'm just happy for Dave <laughs> if well, there's yes, any yes. silver lining. Yes. And we had the circle bar for all those years. And, you know, it's it's sad to me because, you know, we all love Kelly so much. And and to me, the circle was like the last incarnate representation of Kelly Keller. And when you were there, it felt like she could possibly walk in, you know. It yeah. Just, you know, and so, you know, it, now it, that is sad because it does, it's sort of like, you know, she is she was still kind of walking the earth while that place was going. Right. And now that it's not going to be going, I never thought of that. So that makes me sad. Well, you know, the, 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 the happy part is, you know, just like we're talking about her now, you know, as long as, as, you know, she lives in our hearts, you know, Kelly's still here in some respect, you know, it's not much consolation for her loved ones, but uh, you know, it's, it's all we have. (laughs) It's all we have to hang on to. But yeah, Kelly Keller comes up on this podcast all the time. I always refer to her as the uh, the uh, the patron saint of the Troubled Men podcast. Well, she you know she has a huge, she's had a huge influence on my life because because of her I am able to play solo, um, which I never I never would, well I never never did it, never thought about doing it, and she's like you're going to play here when she opened the place. She's like you're going to play here every week. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What, how big of a band do you want? She says, no, just you. And I'm like, I don't do that. She's like, well, you do now, fucker. Motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I can't just play by myself. I'm not, I'm not that good. She's like, well, fuck you. You're going to do it, you know, because I want you to. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to. And, and yeah, she just totally made me. And I remember like showing up. I'd never played by myself. 
Wow. I was terrifying, you know, and I, and she wouldn't let me stop. Yeah. And so I kept doing it. And then, so now I can actually keep a roof over my fucking family's heads, you know? Yeah. And you do it all the time and you're so good at it, man. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's I amazing. Yeah. Kelly Keller. I don't know what the problem is, Alex. I play with myself all the time. <laughs> there you go. See? God, how did I Kelly's miss that? idea, too. No, that was, yeah. uh, man, he got that from Kelly. So, you know, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. She'd knock on my door on the third floor late at night. <laughs> You're going to play Ew. with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I said, leave me alone, lady. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Uh, <laughs> okay. <that's, laughs> anyway, go ahead, Renee. Uh, so just to, to bounce from Kelly Keller to uh, Keith Keller, yeah, uh, you know another dearly departed, uh, close close mutual friend of of both of ours, uh, you know great uh, record producer, um, Svengali, uh, you know uh, uh, idea man Keith Keller, yeah, you know you, we were both close to Keith. Uh, what a loss, man. Yeah, you know I, uh, God, you know. I, we were super tight, Keith and I. Right. You know, I mean, not I wasn't friends with him for as long as you were, but uh, I, I kind of came in at the end of the game and and let's and put it out there. They Kelly and Keith were not related, were they? Right. No, no, no. Just shared. Nor are time. they related to my wife, Courtney yeah. Keller. Oh, right. Right. all right. There you go. All right. I just want the na- I just want the nation to know that Kelly, Keith, and Courtney are not related. No, not that In we no know. No way of. are they related. Except as being three amazing people, you know. Yes, people we love. Yes, they're related in our hearts. But uh, well, Keith, Keith, you know, everybody when when um, I got with Keith because uh, you know got that record deal, and they're like, "Well, you have to make a record." So Trina Shoemaker is like, "Well, we should do because we wanted Trina to to do the record," and she's like, "Well, we should do the tracking at Keith Keller's, and then we'll transfer all the ADATs, you know, because that's what he had." to right. tape and we'll go to Kingsway and we'll mm-hmm. do like the vibey shit over there. Right. And I was like, Oh, everybody tells me I got to stay away from Keith Keller. Cause he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 and, and she's like, yeah, well he can be kind of tricky, but like, don't worry about Keith. He's got these great microphones and great mic pre's and all this stuff. And like, and then like we did the record, we did the recording there. Keith stayed out of the way. We brought it over to Kingsway and did the you know, and then we turned it into the, the label, and the label's like, nah, this sucks. You got to do some more work, and so they sent like, we want you to just go back to Keith Keller's, and I was like, okay. So they, I went back to, and Keith is like, listen, don't worry, I know what these people want. We're just gonna put tremolo guitar on everything, and they're gonna buy it. Watch, and so we did it, and they did. And so, and we just, so we became very close after that, which is, you know, because we just sort of saw things the same way. And uh, I miss it. I think about them all the time. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Oh, man. It's like if, if, if Keith and Kelly Keller were both here, whatever would be going on, we'd be having more fun. I know that's, that's. Uh, oh know. my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, like, God. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'd There's love no to have. I'd love to hear Keith's take on all of this that's going on this year. <laughs> yeah, I t- his nephew Eric and I had the same conversation two months ago. Like, yeah, I just, he's like, God, I just wish, <laughs> I just wish for a second that Keith could be here to see this shit. 
Oh, I know. Because he it's, would have the perspective of perspectives. Yeah, yeah, the commentary on it. Well, well, so so let's let's get back to chronology uh, in your life because I want to touch on for sure uh, the the uh, the Tokyo portion. So sure. So uh, you're in Royal Finger Bowl. Um, uh, you know, you, you put out that first record. Uh, you do a lot of touring. Y'all, y'all go out and do these, uh, these like residency tours, uh, yeah. for a couple of years. Talk about that. What was that like? Well, um, the, the idea was that you'd go to a region and you would just kind of play the same, get a weekly gig. I remember for, we didn't do it too many times, but like a few times. And so you'd like, you'd play like on Tuesday at a place in Philadelphia and then you play like on Wednesday at a place in New York city. And then you play like on Thursday at a place in Portland, Maine. You just kind of make this circuit mm-hmm. and you see the same people every week. And it wasn't a bad idea, actually, you know. Um, it's kind of building a following in that region. Building a following just because we were like a small band and, and you know, uh, the thought was like, you know, it would be an organic uh, growth. Right. You know, like you put the, you know, like making rock candy or whatever. You put the, the stinky thing in the solution and like the shit clings to it, you know. We we were the stinky thing. Uh huh. Some some young uh, uh, marketing uh, graduate working yeah. for a record company cooked up this idea and sold it. Spun a whole tale about how. This right. Was, yeah. What we really should have done is what we asked them to do was to like not take out these big ads and news and magazines and stuff. Put them. Just give us. The, let us put the money in our gas tank and just like tour endlessly for two or yeah. three years. Okay. You know. And just like sleep on people's couches. We don't give a shit. We're 27. Let yeah, us just old fucking do yeah, that. That's, you know? that's, how, that's how we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, you know, because Galactic had, was doing it, you know, and we we're right. like, oh shit, we just have to be on the road. Just be on the road. We'll find our audience. Right. If we just keep working it. And of course, you know, like any other label, they just, they made two records with us and they, you know, threw us off the deck. Right. But, you know, in the end, it's like, I don't know. It was I, I, probably hard to do that with Carlo in your band. Well, Carlo wasn't there at the beginning. Oh, okay. You know, Kevin O'Day was the original drummer. Oh, okay. And he quit like, it was like almost as soon as the check cleared uh, from the advance, you know. And we did a couple tours. Actually, that's not true. I'm, I'm mischaracterizing that. But we we were on, we started on this long tour and we were in Austin, Texas. And Kevin's like, uh, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting out, you know? And so I, I was like, as so I went for a walk, we were staying at the, at the, what's that, that, what's that hotel Renee on Congress? The, the penis. Uh, yeah. The Austin motel. Yeah. Right. So we're like, we're like in the jungle room or whatever. It gives <laughs> okay. me this, you know, they had like the rooms with the themes. Yes. Yeah. 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 We the were, wallpaper. We, yeah. 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 We had the, we had a place with like the grass hot wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. That was and, a good prostitute hotel at the time, man. That was, that was well, one of the top notch prostitute hotels on South Congress. Could have fooled me. <laughs> but I, so I went for a walk, you know, like a little, like, you know, I remember walk up and down Congress street, like having like a soul searching evening, you know, we didn't have to play till later on. And like, so I'm like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do? So I'm like, well, I'll call Carlo. So I get back to the hotel. And this is like the '90s. So I, I figure I called Glenn Hartman. Like, hey, Glenn, um, what if I called Carlo, you know, to play in the Finger Bowl? Because because Kevin just quit, and and Glenn's like, well, 
he will steal the van to go buy crack. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that. Ahead of but time. otherwise, it'll be or fine. He might sell the van for crack. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, it'll be fine. Right. You know, he loves your music. <laughs> okay, well, that's a positive. So I called. So I so I figured out how to. I don't know how you call somebody from a hotel phone. Like, and I called Carlo. He picks up. I'm like, hey, Carlo. He says, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even know what I'm going to ask you. He's like, yeah, I do. And he he hadn't talked to Kevin. He's just like, he knew the whole thing without even talking to anybody. Right. He could sense what the what the dynamic, how that was going to play out. He just, Fun. like, I'd never called Carlo in my life, you know? So he yeah. must have known why I was calling. Well, he knew you had a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Working yeah, so the, the so we made the yeah. second record with Carlo, and then like he made everybody crazy, and um, and then I had to quit the band. You quit your own band. I quit my own band just because because Carlo was like, oh, we lost the deal. Let's get another deal. Let's let's keep let's push push push, and you know he was not in the greatest shape. Right. I mean, like right. whatever. He just was a pain in the ass, and I just wanted to get away from him and get away from everything fingerball. So and, how did you come up with the idea of of uh, of going to uh, Disney Tokyo? Uh, Adam Shipley, who you know, yes, right, yes, he's from Orlando, and he uh, there's a guy at Disney who calls him every once in a while and is like, uh, "Do you got a guy uh, who can like ride a bike and juggle at the same time, or do you got a guy that can?" I'm looking for a guy who can blah blah blah. He says, uh, I'm looking for a guy who can like play the guitar or the banjo and can sing sea shanties and for Tokyo Disney. And so Adam asks Glenn, again, Glenn, mm-hmm. and says, Hey, do you know a guy who can do we do we know somebody who can sing and play guitar or, or the banjo and do sea shanties? And Glenn says, What about Alex? And Adam goes, Oh, Glenn, it's Disney. <laughs> and Glenn's like, Well, what about Alex? You know, he, he's like, well, you know, Disney, Adam says, is, you know, they have a, the Disney way, you know. And Glenn's like, I don't see why he couldn't do it, you know. Right. So he offered me an audition. Like He's like, we'll do an audition at Tipitina's because he was running the show over there at the time. Uh-huh. They had some video cameras. They did a videotaped audition and they sent it off and I didn't get the gig. They hired somebody else. And then I forgot all about it and started two records one with the Tin Men and one with myself. And then uh, out of the blue in the spring, they're like, hey, they need a guy. Do you want to do it? Because they, the contract was ending and they decided they liked me then. And okay. uh, so I just went, I was like, hey, when, when do you need me? They're like, May 19th. I'm like, okay, after Jazz Fest, great. It was like right after 9-11, you know, I was like, great, let's get the fuck out of town, you know. I, no finger, you know, finger bowl was over and, um, Did you have to like dress like like kind of like Popeye or something? <laughs> no, I dressed like a uh, like a nineteenth century sea captain. Okay, like there's like a, a cap with braid and uh, uh, a vest and a string tie and a peacoat. And you just walked around Disneyland Japan singing. I was, songs? Yeah, I was atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, you just walked around. Okay. And you That's were Cap- Captain Sandy, right? Captain, Captain Sandy. Sandy was my handle. Wow. But it's he's not a Disney character, is he? 
No, but, he's, but he, I'm sure he's owned by Disney. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but I mean, he's never been in a Disney movie or anything like no, that. No, he's not like, you know, no. Yeah. He's, he's not like, you know, Goofy walking around the park, you know, or anything like that. No, but I worked with those guys. You worked yeah. with those guys. I mean, I didn't mean like they were in the, they were in the dressing room across the hall. Uh-huh. Mickey oh. and Goofy and, you know, <laughs> the cats. All right, yeah. did you stay at like Disney's like uh, workers' dorm rooms and stuff like yes. that? Okay, how was that? That was wild, man. It was like it was like an apartment building filled with uh, foreigners, f- like Western performers. Oh, so there's a lot of Americans. And a lot of a lot of kids from Florida, like really good looking kids that were like they're called face characters. Yes, like your Snow White or your uh, Peter Pan. Like I live next door to Peter Pan. Yeah. So, I, so your childhood fantasies were coming true. Totally. Cool. Nice. Totally. And like, but like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like musicians and so like some of the musicians, you know, the, the musicians are usually older and geezers, you know, but there was, and then there was like all these really great looking young people that, that, but the thing is like, we knew that we were getting paid more than them. You know? oh, okay. So it felt pretty good. Oh, right on. A little bit of a hierarchy there. Yeah. It's like, well, but then, but then we found out later, like at the end, who was getting paid more than anybody it was the people that stood still on a box all day <laughs> because they had the best agent. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. It comes down to your representation. It was just, I mean, it was, that was the nuttiest six months of my life. That's me. when you, sh- while you were in Japan, you should have released your live at Budokan album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Danny, just, there that you was go. my big chance. I could have gone to Budokan and I could have stood outside yeah. Got your picture taken. Right, 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 right. Well, well, that was certainly a palate cleanser for you, uh, that, that six months there in, uh, in, in Tokyo. And then you, you came back, and, and it's been a, a whirlwind of, of, uh, of, of bands and recording since then. And so I was mentioning some of those bands that you currently played in. Uh, just to, to recap, I think the first time that you and I ever worked together was uh, on a Glenn Styler recording at Kingsway Studio, which came up last week on the podcast because we had Malcolm Byrne as our Oh, guest. yeah. Um, so, he uh, did, didn't he do my song, Midnight Sun? Uh, who, who, Glenn? Glenn. Uh, or Brent or whatever. Brent. Uh, that, that, that's, that's a possibility. I, I remember on... on uh, no, no, no. That, we, no we, we, I wrote this. Okay, that's a di- different thing. Okay. What, what did we do? What was the song that we did with we Brent? We did the song uh, "If I Could Only Hurt You" was was one of the big numbers that we did. Oh, I think yeah. I played organ on that, and Royal Fingerbowl backed him up, and then I. I did that we, ever get used? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we we played it for people. <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> it came out on some recording. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but that was our our first uh, association. But so. Then we went on, and, and you played in the Glenn Styler rock band with Carlo and Jeff Treffinger and, and uh, Brent and myself. Yeah. Um, and, and those were great gigs. In fact, I asked Jeff if he, he could run across any uh, Mermaid archive recordings of, of that band. I would love to have that. I think it's, he's working on it presently. That, um, that, I mean, the pusher was so great, and I feel the earth move. And, Man, and and all that uh, Scott Walker stuff, you know, oh Big Louise. Uh, yeah, it was uh, so great. Lights of Cincinnati, what a great band! And then we played a lot in the Geraniums together. 
Um, again, uh, the, the last gig that, uh, that we played before lockdown was, uh, the geraniums at the circle bar, uh, a fitting final gig for the circle bar. Well, the last time, I don't know if, I think I played there one time since then, but that was the last time I played with, with, uh, with Damon. Oh, right, was, right. Yes. We, that was we right did, before, we right did, before Christmas. It was like in December. Right after Christmas. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right after Christmas. And we did this one gig and it was like the, it was the, the, the A band. Yep. You know, and, and Damon was on his game and everything was great. And I, I remember like after that gig, I was like, fuck, did anybody get a tape of that? Because I know right, that you, know. you often will bring a recorder. Yeah. And Didn't record that one. Not That's that one, a, but shit, shit, shit. I wish we had a tape of that. I know, I know, I know. Well, well, we'll just have to remember it. Yeah, it was a great, a great night. But uh, just to, we're 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 closing in on the end of the podcast here. But I just wanted to touch on all the the bands that you, you're currently working with. So you still have the Tom Paines, uh, is that with uh, with Jonathan Freilich. Jonathan uh, Freilich. We we don't work that much right now, but you know, it's kind of we things come and go. Could pull it out at any moment, and yeah, we could I, do a gig in. 15 minutes. I know you still have uh, the Kings of the Small Time with Glenn Hartman because you yes. played just a little a bit few. more active. We've done a couple things in the last month. And then uh, you, you, I see you uh, periodically with uh, Happy Talk Band with uh, Luke Spur Allen, our, our yes. former guest. Yes. And we're doing some things at the uh, that brewery out in the East in uh, December. Dixie Brewery. Now, no, now, I think it's called Faubourg. Now, Faubourg. Now, I played there this past Saturday with Lynn Drury, first time I was ever out there, and I scored. Manny, you'll appreciate this. So they still have some Dixie uh, merchandise that they're clearing out, you know, still have the name. And I found they have uh, a Dixie Pride Week shirt. So it's uh, the Dixie logo in uh, rainbow colors. Holy and, shit. And I thought, that's so kinky. I have to have one. So I got the last small uh, Gay Pride Week Dixie logo shirt in existence. Why would I appreciate that? Because you always want to explain. You're always trying to get me to come out. As, you know, oh, so, okay. Yeah, so, well, that, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, okay. so now I have a shirt to, to, yeah. to encourage the, 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 the rumors. But... Uh, but yeah, so that well, that that's that's a cool uh, little location out there, a cool cool venue. Yeah, it, well, it's a place where people can play outside, and there's not a lot of them. Right, 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 right. So, uh, so Alex, I I know you continue to to write songs and and record, and uh, I don't know what what's what's next on the in, on the horizon for Alex McMahon. I got a lot of I got a lot of material right now. I'm just trying to get it recorded. Um, I, I would, I wish, I mean, I got enough to make a record right now. Wow, man. Unbelievable. And what a work ethic. So you get up and write every day or you have a no, write no. regimen? No, I, I, I don't. Um, but, uh, I try to write as much as I can. Well, you write a lot. You know, you guys are, you guys are fathers. You know what it's like. Oh man. Um, but, uh, God, what great, great material too, Alex. You just, just, it's gotten better and better, man. Just, uh, well, start, start off excellent and, and man. Yeah. I just, it's, I'm just trying to, you know, get, find like some studio time, you know, right. And, uh, get it recorded. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, of course it's, you always like to have more material than you need, you know, I, I was I subscribe to what I call the um, 
who was the who was the uh, Secretary of Defense for uh, George W. Um, Weinberger, Donald what? Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld, the Donald Rumsfeld philosophy of recording. You know, you don't go to war with the army that you ha- that you want. You go to right. war with the army that you have. Yes. And so, like, I will start booking studio time, like, when I've got, like, two songs, you know, thinking I'm going to make a record. I'm uh-huh. just thinking, like, it'll come if I, if I, you know, if I, if I. Okay. You know, if I commit myself. Right. Yeah. You know, then, like, then, like, my subconscious will know that the fucking the heat is on. It's time to produce. There you go, man. That's, uh, I, I like the confidence, Alex. Remember the Amalomo, I guess. Is yes, yeah. Remember, remember. Uh, Am- Amalo. Yeah, Amalo. Alamo, yeah. Remember yeah, the yeah, Alamo, yeah. Alex, yeah. Right, 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 right. Remember the abalone? Isn't that a yeah. fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much for finally coming on the podcast. Uh, uh, you couldn't have been more forthcoming. You know, it's like uh, what? No matter what anybody says about you, you know, you're 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 not you're not as taciturn as as as, as uh, rumor might have it. Well, I mean, next time I could be fifth coming. Okay, yeah. all, right. all right. I like the wordplay too. Sometimes I could be. Sixth Alex, there. do us a favor. Call Peter Holsapple for us. You <laughs> <laughs> start a start a, a a listener campaign to. Yeah. to you know, uh, he, I don't think he has much regard for me. Oh, uh, I think uh, that Carlo is your way in there. Well, Car- you know, like everyone who knows Carlo, uh, he owes them money. So uh, Carlo's not going to talk to any of us. Well, oh, no, nah, no. I talk to Carlo all the time. <laughs> I play. I mean, you do? Carlo yeah. probably. Yeah, he's like it's like he's like he's like my personal physician. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I played a gig with Carlo last week. No, we're we're we're, we're good. Did he you borrow should, money? Carlo from is your is your way in to Peter Holsapple, Believe me. Well, okay. Carlo's right. my way into getting the hundred twenty bucks back that he owes. Wasn't Carlo the first man, the best man at two of Peter Holsapple's weddings? <laughs> that I could very well be. I think that's a fact. That's uh, a wrong choice, if you ask me. Well, well, you know, like it's like you'd have the guy back. didn't take the first time but this yeah I'm gonna get this guy back they were they were both successful marriages so you know (laughs) oh yeah right (laughs) they absolutely were (laughs) anyway anyway. all right thank you Alex thank you both Manny Renee it was a lot of fun thanks for having me all right Uh, take care and Renee what do we say in in the in the troubled nation we always like to say uh, trouble never ends but the struggle continues good night Good night. Now you know how the sausage gets made. Now you know how the digger gets paid. Now you know what goes on in the shade. Now you know. Now you know. And now you know you haven't been here long. Now you know I wouldn't steal you.
Down in Wapakoneta They're making chickens out of Chernobyl trees Before it get much better You're gonna wind up down on your knees Cause now you know The sun and the